That was Kirsten Dunst with Turning Japanese. Last week, our Adelaide-based reporter, Caroline Jasinski, told us about visiting Japan, which satisfied a long-held dream of hers, having learned Japanese in high school. This week, she concludes her chat with Graham Kemlow about what appealed during her visit, and she, she gives a few tips if you intend to go there yourself. The best thing about the day was coming back because we hopped on the bullet train. Yeah, that'd be good. It was good for for about 10 minutes and then it's like any other train. It's going fast though. Going fast, but where we hopped on, you're going in between stations. Right. So every time it goes through a station, it slows down a little bit. So it's not, you don't get that bullet feeling. They're actually using it now as um, transport. Like a a lot of, yeah, a lot of Japanese use it to get in and out of town. Costs them more. But it's you know very very fast way of getting in and out. Mm, mm. But it was look it was it was really interesting. But I, it was a you know word of warning. You could do exactly the same trip on your own for a lot cheaper. So Mount Fuji. Yeah, it's a, right. you know we didn't because it was too hard to work out how right. to do it. But had I had longer, and now in hindsight, I could easily work out how to go and do it. So you know, you just need to go and ask a few people, and you could you'd probably be better off catching the bullet train out to it and back, and then you can catch the bullet train to a certain point, and then you can hop on a bus that takes you up to the fifth station, a public bus. So it's really quite easy to get up there. But, you know, that's where you do these things. And oh, I'll these win. are the lessons you learn. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, that's the joy know. of travel, I think. Yeah. It was yeah. great. Oh, well, that's good. And so overall, you'd rate it pretty highly. Would you and suggest people should go and give it a go? Oh, Japan, absolutely. One of the absolute best things we did was a free walking tour with a company called Tokyo Localised with a Z and that starts in Akihabara so mm-hmm. that's that's the electronic hub they call it our guide was fascinating so you don't have to pay anything but it's based on tips so oh. you you pay whatever you you tip whatever you feel like now tipping in Japan is generally a no-no they right. get quite insulted by oh. tipping okay. but uh, this one's up front it says you know it's a free tour but you know if you like what you what you're told and the experience mm. feel feel free to tip right. so you, and everybody did because our guide was a lady called uh, Reiki and she was just fabulous so she starts the tour off with a little card that says this is if you love sports and you love getting around this is not the tour for you this Akihabara is not your place <laughs> She oh. said, this place is for nerds. That's <laughs> oh. great. So what it, what she meant was it's for people who like anime and... Um, Hello Kitty. Yes. Well, all of that stuff. Oh. Hello Kitty is probably the most basic form of what they love. All those cosplay and anime and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. This is the home of it. So it was a it was really interesting tour walking around because there's so many shops there that sell everything related to anime. So from costumes to games to more high tech gear, and in amongst all of this, there's these little shops called the best one was called Made Dreaming. So she she pronounced it Made or Dreaming. So and what it is is you've got these young girls dressed up like housemaids like little French maids. And she went to great, great lengths to say it's very above board. It's not R-rated because, you know, you can take families there. But she said this is where the girls get dressed dressed up, very cute, because the men in particular, Japanese men, love 
to be uh, waited on, do they? Yes, yes. That's so is a good it like a twenty first century geisha? Yeah, kind of. I, I guess it's geisha. very, very much nice. ge- yeah geishas. So very much a case of you go in there and they'll they'll fall all over you with the best service. You know, apparently it costs quite a bit. But it's just just to have a coffee or what? You can eat. You can okay. you can die. just basically they love going in there, and they're the boss. Oh. But she okay. said that it's they're not badly behaved. It's not like they get in there and boss people around. They just love that. Okay. That con- there was I reckon we saw at least a half a dozen of okay. these made dreaming places. It well, was there quite- may be an opportunity in Adelaide. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> you could be the master. You're the it master would not, franchiser. I would, <laughs> I'm afraid I wouldn't do very well there. Oh, <laughs> and we fun. found. Um, to, just on the food again, the, we found the best ramen. So ramen is huge in Tokyo. Yeah, yeah. The best ramen we found was in Tokyo Station. Yeah. And this is again where there's a whole underground, I guess the best word for it is a shopping mall. Yeah. And one of these, it's called Ramen Street. And it's like a whole alleyway underground in an in a, in a atmosphere that feels like a shopping mall dedicated to ramen machines so you stop at these places and they all have vending machines out the front that's how you order your meal oh right you you see the picture and you pick what you want then you pay for it then you go inside and the lineups outside are incredible there was 20 30 people lined up at each place to get in it's unbelievable and the ramen was fantastic but the ramen didn't come out of the machine. You just no, no, no. You just order at the machine, yeah. which is it was very strange because there were a lot of people inside serving. So it wasn't as though they didn't have enough waiters. Yeah, it's just how they do it. Oh well, like fascinating. That probably works well. Yeah. I, I know they love a vending machine, and you can get some pretty weird stuff out of <laughs> vending machines. I'm told. Yeah. So another thing we did was went to the Imperial Palace. But here's another tip. Make sure you find out when it's closed. Right. Is it a public holiday or? No, it closes twice a month for uh, maintenance, they call it. So we got out and then it was closed. So, but to be be fair, we didn't, didn't see anywhere that said, you know, it could be closed until you get there. Maybe a good... Opportunity if you're staying at a hotel, ask the concierge. Yes, absolutely. To, for that but, information. But it was still a beautiful walk, and and the Imperial Palace is one of those calm places. Lots of gorgeous gardens and moats around the the palace. So it's a re- it's a breath of fresh air in amongst all the chaos. Mm. It's beautiful, but but Sounds it's great. the chaos is is fabulous. I don't normally like controlled big chaos, is it? It is very much controlled, but like I said, I was really glad after four days to have a change. I wanted to see more of Japan, and I wanted to see the the quiet side and the villages, and hmm. and we got a good look at that. Well, that sounds fantastic. You've, you've obviously had a great time, and uh, then you got on the ship and you... You know, you were being weighted hand and foot, I imagine. Absolutely. We didn't uh, have to work out trains anymore. No. The trains, though, the funniest thing was we would ask, when is the train coming to Shinjuku, for example, um, now? Hmm. And we said, oh, okay, what if we miss it? When's the next one? And they look at you and go, uh, three minutes? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the transport system is amazing. It's just really, really efficient. And easy, and if you can't work it out, there are a lot of people there that speak English and who are more than willing to help you. They're just, it's a lovely place. Oh, I have to go back now. Oh, okay. okay. 
Yeah, it's one of those places. Japan is huge at the moment. Now I know why. I mean, I always wanted to go there, like I said, because I learnt Japanese in high school. Mm. Um, but, to, you know, you, you, you get a tiny taste of it. I just want to go back. Very good. Is it an expensive holiday, would you say? If you were... In summer, yes. So we, maybe it costs... pick off, off season. Yeah, I'd go shoulder season, definitely. It costs us about 2500 um, For four nights? For four nights. Okay. And that's but, with food and everything? Oh, yes, absolutely everything. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and the bulk of that was the accommodation. Yeah. But that's it was busy because it was peak season. The weather was lovely. It was, you know, 25-ish, mm-hmm. except for the one day we went to see Mount Fuji. And it was wet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You weren't and tempted his... to uh, hop into a capsule hotel, were you? No. I don't know what they cost, but I think they'd be cheap. Oh, they would be cheap, but we had so much luggage because we had this whole cruise coming after right. and I had all my work gear and stuff like that. So right. I, I would have filled up one of those capsules just with my luggage. <laughs> <laughs> and okay. here's one, one last tip. Yes. When, you, when you're in Tokyo, if you want to try one of those, uh, the onsen, you know, oh, yeah, the uh, great hot baths. Yeah, um, hot springs or whatever they are. The hot yeah. springs, yes. Just a word of warning, the public baths in Tokyo are not onsens. They're oh. just public baths. So they, they started when, of course, there was not plumbing to every house and they had public baths for everybody to go to and, you know, shower and, and get clean. Yeah. But they're still there and and people still love them. But you're not, not going to get the onsen experience. It's just a public bath, which is a tiny bit weird. <laughs> okay. But, I mean... I thought in the onsen you have to get your gear off, don't you? Yes, you do in the public baths too. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah. if you're bashful, stick yep. to the shower in the hotel. Yes, yeah, yeah. Okay. So just don't don't think by going to a public bath you're going to get the hot spring onsen right. experience. Right. Um, I didn't go to the public baths, but our guide warned us. She said, you know, they're still nice. Hmm. And if you like that kind of thing, it's fabulous, but it's not the onsen. So there is a difference. All right. Well, you'll have to go back next time and try the onsen and give us a report. Yes, I do. I'm going to have to try that. And I want to go stay somewhere in a... a Japanese style. Typical Japanese style home that has those gorgeous doors. Paper walls. Paper walls, yeah. So you can't can't whisper too loudly. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, Carolyn, thanks so much. You you really bring a place to life. So I enjoyed <laughs> chatting with you about Tokyo, and I can't wait to. Although I know you are, and we should share with your with our listener that you are in fact flat out at the moment, uh, <laughs> flat out with your leg in the air because you've had a little medical procedure, yeah. that, which is going to tie you down for a little while. Another six weeks. I've had ankle surgery. Okay. The joys of travel writing. Thanks well, that's <laughs> right. I didn't realise it was that rough in the travel writing world. You've done an ankle. I, yeah, I didn't do it in Japan, though. I did this a couple of years ago in the Ash Wednesday fires, oh. and I tore a, I tore the ligament right off, wow. but didn't didn't realise. But anyway, realize. that's okay. all. It's fine. Well, it's coming good now. It's coming good, yeah. Well, thank you for taking time out of your illness to share I've, your fabulous experience in Japan. <laughs> and we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, Graham. Caroline Jasinski there was speaking with Graham Kemlo and vows to return to Japan one day soon.